fuck me, nigga. I'm a fuck you, bitch. No, fuck me, nigga. Fuck me. I'm a fuck you, bitch. No, fuck you. Fuck me. <laughs> you playing, man. Fuck me. Nah, you playing. Wow. Z1043. <laughs> All the hits. All the hits. <laughs> All right. So my Kendrick senses were way off on that one. I was like, dude, if I know the title if of I a know banger. Anything. <laughs> we cry together. If I never know anything again, it's this. That was <laughs> that was intense. That was a fucking skit, dude. Jeez, yeah. And that was accurate. a skit if I ever heard one. I liked it. I liked it. It was like it was interesting, but like you said, like I can't imagine that pump like coming yeah. on in the club. Yo, pass me the ox. Yeah. <laughs> Pumping this shit. Just like getting a lap dance to that at the strip club. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is going on? Took a weird turn at the end too. It was like, I don't like even when we were listening to Led Zeppelin after the last podcast, mm-hmm. where like for whatever reason at the end of like half his songs, he just starts making weird sex noises. I'm like, yeah. dude, I'm not trying to hear you. Yeah, is this like back in the real world, or are you still with like the elves and shit? Yeah, and Narnia, like all the other fucking shit you talked about in the song. Like, you, what's going on? Can you pass me an incense thing, by the way? Some yeah. incensium. It's weird. Like with with music, it's like I don't mind hearing you talk about getting pussy. Yeah, but I don't want to hear you actively getting pussy. Yeah, that's that's the difference, dude. You well, and I guess he wasn't actively getting pussy in that song, but at the end of it, it was like, yeah, fuck me. You know that's going to happen. Yeah. The next track is just them fucking over yeah. a beat. <laughs> what if it was like, <laughs> we, we cry together, together. intro. <laughs> <laughs> we cry together. The whole song is just them fucking. <laughs> oh, man. Live from the studio, I'm Jimmy Seleski. I'm Eric Glazer. It's a Sunday. Sunday fun day. Afternoon. Ooh. Has anybody ever said that before? I don't think so. I like that. <laughs> I like that, too. Afternoon. Afternoon. <laughs> uh, we're coming at you. Busy week, busy week. My voice is fucking shot. Been singing all week, and uh, turns out age is a real thing. I remember there was a time when even, when my, even if I woke up and couldn't speak in the morning, mm-hmm. by the time I had to sing, I could still sing. Like it was like my vocals had my voice box had two modes. It was like regular mode and performance mode. Yeah. And performance mode was like shifting the car into sport. It was just like, well, it's gonna your voice is gonna be even worse tomorrow morning, but we can still do it tonight. Dude, last night I was going for notes and just not not hitting them. Damn. You know? It was weird. Do you uh, think it was just because you had so many gigs this week? Or was this like you went extra hard on one of them? Or? Um, it was an amalgamation. It was an amalgam or an amalgamation? Let's go with amalgam. Amalgamation sounds like a made-up word. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an amalgam of things. Uh, I think it was all kicked off on Monday night after and during the Trap podcast. Matt, mm. for whatever reason, uh, wanted to just do shots on the podcast. Oh no. So we were doing shots of that gentleman Jack, which you may now notice there is no more gentleman Jack because <laughs> we wound up finishing the entire bottle. Damn. Uh on Monday night. Did you have a gig that night? No, no. Oh, no thank no, no, God. No. So I, we just recorded the podcast at six and then uh well we're recording, right? Excellent. Okay. Perfect. I'm still fucking hung over from <laughs> Monday night. Like, wait, where am I? Hung over from six days ago. <laughs> I kind of am. So like <clears throat> we did like five shots back to back on the cast and like, you know, my body like for the past 10 years like associates with drinking whiskey with like 
having a really good time. Like beer is just like I'm chilling. But if I'm yeah. drinking whiskey, as soon as like when I have a whiskey and diet coke for the first time in a long time. It like awakens every endorphin in my body. My body's like, oh shit, son. Like you're a teenager again. Yes, this was so fun. Drink this out of McDonald's styrofoam cup, dog. Don't tell fucking Evan Weinstein that you're drinking out of styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> but still drink. Um, and so, you know, Sig, you know, he works a real job in the morning. So he's yeah. like, all right, he did a couple shots with him and more power to him. And then Matt and I were just chilling. And then I'm like, yo, it's a beautiful night. Let's take a walk to 7-Eleven. How romantic. Yeah. So we walk to 7-Eleven, grab a couple packs of cigs. He gets his non-menthols. I'm stockpiling menthol cigarettes, as mm-hmm. I've mentioned before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we come back here with a fresh pack of cigs, and we proceed to just sit here. No beers. I think we had. I think I had like two warm beers from the uh, Underground Pizza podcast, those like warm IPAs, which I don't even like. Yeah. So we were like sipping on those. We finished those in like... 20 minutes but for about six hours until i think literally like two or three in the morning we were just sitting here pouring shots into this shot glass and just and just railing cigs and uh it was the first time that i have thrown up from drinking in a long time and it wasn't like a real throw up it wasn't like like it was basically like i took a sip of gatorade after matt left and it just came right back up and i was like oh and then yeah, I just opened yeah. the window, just went, and that was it. Like yeah. it wasn't like, and I was just like, well, I guess that technically counts as throwing up. But uh, dude, I woke up the next morning. All things, it's kind of been a weird week. So I get home and I notice my clocks are flickering, which means the power went out briefly. So my alarm clock completely reset. And I think I might be the only person on planet Earth that still relies on an actual physical alarm clock to wake me up in the morning instead of my phone. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, my alarm just didn't go off, and I woke up at 1.38 p.m. the next day, and I uh, was just like, dude, and then I had to go immediately to my gig at like 3 or 4, and then it was just like, it threw off like my whole week. I, when I got to the studio the next day, this there was a pile of cigs from me and Matt, like Ooh. mounding No. and like I spilled whiskey all over my fucking calendar. I had to like retrace <laughs> shit. Yeah, holy shit. Did you use like a dry erase marker to write that? <sighs> I use I don't know. I guess whiskey is like fucking uh, paint thinner or something. It just like went in and just like completely erased. Like I know how to wash checks now, basically. Yeah. Just pour gentleman jack on a check and you can put whatever the fuck you want on it. Um yeah, and there was just like ashes and like a open bottle of Evan Williams just like sitting here and I was just like like it was like one of those moments when like you see the scene from last night and it like yeah oh like when as soon as I walked in the studio I just saw everything just the way I left it and I looked at my pack of cigarettes and there was only eight left and there's 20 in a pack which means I smoked 12 cigarettes in in one night in one night which again I, I I can't help but bring this up every time people smoke packs a day yeah, that's insane. I literally cannot comprehend the idea that my father literally told me he used to smoke two to three packs a day up Ooh. until he quit. That's 40 to 60 cigarettes, dude. A day. And that's also like, Regular if you day. think about it, like, you know, you're awake for, what, 16 hours a day, maybe? Mm-hmm. So that's, if you're having a cig an hour, that's still not even a pack. So if you're doing two three packs a day you're having like two to four cigs an hour yeah which which is 
which is doable. Like I can see how I can do two to four cigs an hour for three hours. Like on a really hardcore night, if I'm really drinking and really being stupid, I can easily sit on my balcony blacked out at 3 a.m. and just smoke four cigs in an hour. That's nothing. But to do that for 16 hours straight daily. Yeah, to do that sober. It's incredible. <laughs> what the fuck? My dad told me that basically he used to, um, like he would never just smoke one cigarette. He would always smoke two back to back. So whenever he went to a thing, he would just smoke it, light the other one with it, and smoke that. So basically, every cig was two cigarettes for him. Jeez. So let's say he takes two smoke breaks an hour. Boom. There's four cigs an hour. I just, I can't, I don't know if like this generation is softer, but the way I felt after smoking 12 cigarettes, Ugh. I cannot believe that my our ancestors <laughs> look at 12 cigarettes and they're like, that's a good day. What are you trying to quit? Only 12 last night? Jesus Christ. I still, the number 12 sends shivers down my spine. I'm like, that sounds so gross. Yeah. And I never came back from it. And like Tuesday, fine gig at Perennial, whatever. They turn me down so low. It doesn't even fucking matter. I, I'm just literally there. Like, I'm like, I'm like a fucking mannequin at Perennial. I'm just yeah. a guy that is there to be there. And like, only if you're really trying to pay attention do you hear what I'm doing, which is fine. I don't care. Uh, the horse. I actually made it through the whole night without. I didn't drink at all. I had one half of a shot at a perennial, which um, there's actually a guy who and his like new wife, older guys like our parents' age, that comes in every Tuesday when I'm playing, not to see me play. I don't think, but mm -hmm. they just happen to go in every Tuesday, and I happen to play every Tuesday. So I've become well acquainted with them, and. Uh, we're talking and blah, blah, blah. So come to find out, like, we've, we're becoming, like, really good friends to the point where they were like, yo, like, you know, I'll bring some whiskey over. I want to check out the studio. He's trying to, he plays guitar and stuff, and, like, the woman sings. So they were like, yeah, let's come over one day when you're free, and we'll, like, have a little jam session in the studio. I was like, yeah, sure. And again, they're like our parents' age, so I'm thinking, like, all right, like, you know, your kids from around here, I probably know your kids. And uh, he's I, one day he tells me his last name, and I realize I come to find that mm. he is the parent of a girl that I actually used to kind of date. Interesting. When I was like nineteen, um, and uh, we dated for a while. I don't like. It was one of those situations where like it was literally right. Uh, it was right in the middle of summer, right before she went back to college. We dated for like, and when I say dated, it's like we hung out. We didn't fucking date, but like we hung out for like a month or two. And uh, and then when she went back to college, she went to college in like Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I'm like 19 at the time or 20 and she's like 18. And I'm like, all right. Like I just kind of like stopped. Yeah. I didn't text her. She didn't text me. You know, there was no, it didn't, I didn't feel like anything of it. It was just like, I actually did like her, but it's like, what am I going to date a girl in fucking Ohio? Yeah. That's, you know, whatever. Um, and I did run into her uh, a couple years later at CVP, where all run-ins occur. And I was talking to her, I was like, yeah, blah, 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 well, maybe I'll see you this summer. And she was like, you will never see me again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well, okay. Um, well, anyway, come to find out, uh, her parents are really cool. <laughs> her parents are really cool <laughs> and we're friends. And so he finds out, he's like, Oh, 
so you know her and her brother, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know him. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a picture together, send it to both of them, see who responds first. <laughs> Were you like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. I was, he was like, so who do you think is going to respond first? I was like, I can probably guarantee it's going to be the brother. <laughs> and uh, so we take the picture. He sends it. He's like, all right, I'll let you know what the responses are. I'm like, okay, dude, I'm going to go back on stage and never go on break again. I'm never, I'm going to play here until the until the bartenders have closed out i'm not going back on break because i don't know the answer to this question yeah holy shit so i happen to tell my my parents happened to be there that night like at a different table so i like told them real quick and i was like this is what's happening that's kind of funny and my dad was just like and um what's funny is the guy never brought it up i figured like she would probably just be like yeah i know you know but uh Either that or she was like, oh, he's a fucking, like, I don't like him. Yeah, don't talk to him. Don't and talk to him. they didn't talk to me there. Please, so yeah, please don't become really good friends with him for some reason and start <laughs> jamming with him at the studio. Like, Dad, if you want to, like, have a cordial relationship with a guy I used to date that happens to play at the same bar that you're always at on that night, that's fine. But, like, why, you guys are going on vacation together now. <laughs> he's coming to Thanksgiving as your date. He's the plus one for all the family functions. <laughs> Uncle Jim, really? We're calling him Uncle now. I gotta call him Uncle Jim now. Are you serious? Damn. <laughs> Damn. I kind of we'll have to we'll have to check back in on that. Oh yeah, we will. That's gonna. Uh, we are our scheduled studio date is next Friday, so we'll be Ooh. we'll be doing that. Um, but yeah, he always buys me like really, he'll buy like a, a really expensive shot and then like he'll tell the bartender like put some in mine, put some in his and we'll just like taste test stuff. It's cool. Like nice. I said, awesome fucking dude. Can't believe it. Um, and uh, so I had a half a shot on Wednesday. Um, the problem- Did that, when you tasted that, were you like, ugh? Honestly, I wish that, that was my like, reaction. Really? I was going to say, after like a hard night, like it sounded like you had, like even just- the whiskey for me i like wouldn't be able to drink whiskey for like probably a week or so yeah and that's i it's kind of like like i wouldn't order myself a whiskey and i didn't but when it's presented to you it's it's like i said i wish my reaction to uh whiskey because i have that reaction with cigarettes like if i when i smoked that many cigarettes that night before the idea of smoking a cigarette the next day was disgusting. I didn't touch him. I didn't fucking look at him. I didn't smoke on Wednesday. I think I had one cigarette on the way home from my gig in Fed Hill Thursday night, like half a cigarette. Just because I had a couple beers and I was like, fuck it, I'm driving up 83, whatever. But for two days straight, I didn't even want to think about cigarettes. But for some reason, <clears throat> I thought I would feel that way about whiskey. And then the second I had a taste of whiskey, I was like, I could easily start drinking again right now. No. It's kind of wild. I didn't. I didn't. I know, I know. I know. But uh, like it like awakens that like your body. The problem with being hungover is like aside from being zapped of all nutrients and, and sodium and fucking hydration in general, you're just devoid of serotonin. Mm -hmm. And this is why and dopamine. I'm going to I don't know what which one it is. Probably both. Who knows? Um, you know, and that's the issue with cocaine and why um i think you know when it comes to stuff like coke and uh 
cigarettes when it comes to addiction. And I've never tried heroin uh, or any of the really considered like harder drugs like Xanax and stuff. I've never done any of that shit. Um, uh, I used to say that maybe I would try heroin once. And honestly, uh, if it was 50 years ago, I would still say it. It's like I will try something like that. But the problem is now... Jimi Hendrix seemed to love it. He <laughs> well, was a great guitar player. The problem is now, it's like, I'm not even... Like, I, I've always said that I don't even have an issue, that big of an issue with Coke. And the, one of the reasons I say that is because the day after doing Coke, and I've only done it a handful of times in my life, but every single time, the next day has been... All top 10 of the most miserable days of my life have directly followed a night of cocaine. Where it's like, I mean, if you if I listed out the top ten worst days of my life, mm-hmm. at least three or four of them would all happen to be after those days. And to put it in perspective, I really haven't done it that much. So like, that's a that's a big stack. Yeah, that's you a know? bad bad look. It just sends all. It just flood rushes, opens up the fucking water gates on all your like happy endorphins while you're doing it, and you wake up the next day with nothing, nothing can make you happy nothing can make you feel calm that one day when i had been up all night and we we took a walk in lock raven and i was like dude it's a fucking beautiful day it's awesome and we're fucking walking around in nature and i cannot feel anything i can feel nothing and that was when i realized i was like this is why people get addicted to this shit because when you do it again, it brings back that feeling. And yeah. that's what they always talk about when you're a kid. And I had a hard time understanding it. It's like when you do drugs the first time, it makes you feel something that you've never felt before. Like this level of, of rush. And I don't necessarily believe that. I think that there, I think that there are certain organic feelings of, of like happiness and whatever that you can get from if you're a performer and you kill a set and you get that reaction from people. And it's like the sense of this wave of like, fuck yeah, happiness. Now, I'm not going to say that that's on par with heroin, but it would, I'd be hard pressed to say that, uh, you know, if you're selling out Madison Square Garden and put on the best fucking show of your life to 75,000 people, that that's maybe at least comparable to a fucking homeless guy shooting up heroin, you know, in yeah. terms of f- like happiness. Maybe. I don't fucking know. I can't speak. on. I've never done either and probably will do neither. But with you, you get that's what they call like chasing the dragon. So like you get that feeling once and then you spend the rest of your time trying to just get back to normal. Yeah. Because once you feel that, then it's like then you have to then you then every time you do it, it gradually gets to the point where now you're just literally trying to get well, as they say, like, dude, I just I'm I'm now doing heroin just to feel like what I used to feel like before I ever took did heroin. And that's kind of what I guess happens with cocaine. Um, luckily for us and our friends, we're too much of pussies to do co- cocaine twice, two nights in a row. So we'll never have that issue, you know? Yeah, I've still never done it. Yeah, exactly. I'm too much of a pussy. Mm. And by that, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think I need to try it. Especially after hearing what you <clears throat> keep saying about it is that it, you know, it you sucks. Don't, you, do, <laughs> you don't need to try it. you had a bad experience every time. <laughs> so I'm like, it's not really selling it. <laughs> you don't need to try it. Uh, and that was why I was saying, like, I used to, back in the day, be like, oh, yeah. Like, you know what? Dude, if you would have talked to me 10 years ago, 
And I'm not even saying, oh, because I was 19 10 years ago and, and was more naive and stupid and would just be like, oh, yeah, fuck it, just try Coke. I'm saying that if I was 29 10 years ago mm -hmm. and thought the same way I think now, I would have probably said, yeah, sure, you know what? I'm not going to tell you to go out and buy Coke, but if you're on a fucking bachelor trip and you're drinking with your friends and somebody happens to have Coke and people are doing it and it's around and somebody offers you a line and you're seeing people doing it and like somebody offers you a bump or something – Fucking do it. Like, you'll experience it. You're going to realize that all the things you thought about Coke, like, as much as you thought it was like this crazy thing, you're going to realize that actually cocaine, I would put it personally on the same par as, like, in terms of, like, how much it inhibits your mentally capacity. For me, less than weed, less than acid. You're completely the same person, just like you feel like you just did Adderall. Like, I think even just to understand that that's what it is, just to have an actual experience with it i would say yes but now with the fucking fentanyl shit it's like well i now i would say no don't do coke not because cocaine is bad but because i mean and i'm not saying it's good but like what it could be mixed with like the fact that literally you could put like a fucking like grain uh, of sand of fentanyl in it and that'll kill you i can't fucking believe that yeah it like makes drugs so scary to me which great but like you know, now it's like, yeah, no way I'm fucking buying Coke. The only time I'll ever do Coke again, and this is if I wind up doing it again, which is, who knows? I'm not going to say for the, for the next 60 years of my life, hopefully, I'm never going to fucking do a bump of cocaine. I don't fucking know. I'm not looking for it. I'm not aiming for it. But if it happens, the only way it's going to happen is if I have seen a handful of other people doing lines out of that batch for the past couple hours that I can be like, all right, it's not a contaminated batch. Everybody's fine. Everybody's cool. Um, there's no way I'm doing heroin at yeah, this fuck. point. Yeah. I don't know why you'd start at any point now. Like just because like everyone knows how bad heroin addiction is and like, mm -hmm. like even just like pill form, like, you know, like Oxycontin and all that shit. Like even that's fucked up. Yeah. And that's like you get a prescription for that shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like that it's like that Dave Chappelle joke when he was talking about killing killing him killing him softly. Where he was like, Look, I can't understand like getting into drugs as an older person because it's like, you know, I can understand like if you're younger and you tr try the wrong shit and get hooked on something and then it you like carries with you for the rest of your life. Like that makes sense. But like, why are you 40 years old and just trying crack for the first time it's like yeah. look and i get it like there's situations but like dude really you're 40 years old and then you're 40 years old and fine and then mm -hmm. you're just suddenly like you know what i think i'm gonna start doing crack and i've known people that have done that and a lot of it it's like i, I not multiple people but i've known of people and one person like fairly close that like older in their life family kids and just goes off the deep it's like why dude it's like yeah. i look back and i'm thinking like a, a habit i wish i didn't have is even smoking the amount that i do smoke cigarette wise it's mm -hmm. like i don't smoke a ton i smoke little enough that when i do smoke the amount that a average that a regular smoker would smoke like a pack a day i feel like i just fucking got hit by a truck which is a good sign because like i mentioned with alcohol if i drink that much i could technically drink again the next morning which is a more problem than when I wake up the next day after smoking 12 cigs. I'm like, I don't think I ever want to look at a cigarette again. I yeah. still like the fact that I have that reaction. But I still look back. It's like, but wouldn't it be nice if I didn't smoke any cigarettes at all? And it's like, 
again, it's to the point where it's like, I get why it's enjoyable. I often do wonder, like, I look back and like, when did I start and why? I just remember, like, going through life and, like, we never used to drink when we hung out. Like, mm-hmm. when we hung out, even after high school, like, most kids, cool kids, were hanging out and drinking, getting a, finding a way to get beers and just, like, pretty much doing the same thing we used to do in high school, except with girls and with booze. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's not like we had these crazy, like, euphoria, high school, Project X parties on a fucking weekly basis. Nah. That just wasn't happening. Like, it was just, like, the popular kids were just somehow scoring booze and somehow convincing a, another parallel group of girls that they were worth hanging out with, and they would just drink together. And, like, and then we would think that meant it was a party and show up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys having a party? It's like, n- what? No. No. We're just literally drinking with a perfect ratio of right, girls. We'll come that, over. That you and, <laughs> that you we'll and your... We'll come over and not talk to any of you. Yeah. We'll just be in our own little corner. Trade offer. We'll come over, drink your beer, not speak or contribute anything. <laughs> <laughs> you receive nothing. <laughs> You receive invites to our shitty parties. <laughs> we don't have. <laughs> but it's like you look back and it's like, I, it's weird when you think like, damn, when did we like start drinking and when did drinking become like the average thing? So like now when we hang out, it's like a given that we're going to drink or even better yet with smoking. It's like, I remember all the way up until I started smoking cigs, I was avidly against smoking anything. That's mm-hmm. why I used to do fucking weed edibles because I was like, no, I don't want to fuck up my voice. Blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, I'll, I'll do weed with you guys, but I'm not going to smoke it. So if you guys want to make brownies or fucking firecrackers or sell bullshit we used to make, mm-hmm. which I got to say, uh, quick side note, firecrackers, the fucking saltine with the peanut butter and weed, I can't believe how actually much that works. Yeah. I, I, cause it sounds like a weird trick that like you try and you're like, did you know that? And then you do it. You're like, this sucks. No, it it works. You're just like in a coma for six hours. I can't. First of all, I don't understand why anybody would go through the trouble of making a brownie when you can literally just put peanut butter and sprinkle it with weed on a cracker and put it in the microwave for like a minute and, and blast off into fucking outer space. (laughs) I can't believe that that works so well. But that was the way I would do it. And then all of a sudden I look back and I'm like, now all of a sudden I'm sitting here smoking a cig. I'm like, I don't mind that I'm smoking, but why am I? When did this happen? When did this happen? Yeah, you just go through life and just pick up habits and drop some or whatever. And then when you actually sit down and think about it, you're like, when the fuck did I make this conscious decision? I know. I know. So many random conscious decisions, dude. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, this week. and Damn, dude. Sig hangover. Yeah. Leading up to... Uh, you do anything yeah. for Friday the 13th? Crush Ovid. Crush Ovid, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kamala. Did you, uh, did you have anything happen? Any bad luck on Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th? Um, I don't think so. I, I actually had off on Friday just because I had... So pulled some luck. like double duty uh <coughs> long shoots that week. Mm-hmm. We had like two shoots in uh Alexandria that were like, you know, 12-hour days. And then uh 
yeah so i just took off friday so nice. pretty lucky pretty lucky i got to sleep in although it was like lucky. humid as fuck so i woke up in like a swamp in my bed dude dude i don't know what oh happened my god i know. I know what the fuck happened i don't do you leave it was your windows early open spring it? and then it was like middle of the summer dude yeah i was windows actually open because and that's hit me the wrong way before too because you know like three weeks ago when it was actually spring and it was like 60 70 uh-huh i went to sleep with all my windows open and woke up to like a 40 degree morning oh like yeah. oh yeah oh yeah yeah maryland but no maryland fucking sucks for that shit. maryland spring is like winter up until 2 p.m and then summer from 2 p.m to 8 p.m and then winter again at night and it's like and yeah, this week, first of all, these past two weekends, I feel like God is going for a record of worst just shitty possible weekends. weekends. Like, yeah. literally just, well, that's actually. It's nice out today, right now. Today is nice. But today it is nice. only got nice until at like three o'clock. I know. It was like, and like, I could not, I, I mean, like, okay, so what you're talking about with the damp bed, I thought this, I was yeah, the only person. We woke up world. to like 80% humidity the other morning and so there's so much because we both have our windows open this doesn't happen mm -hmm. when i have the ac on windows closed but that's summertime and my apartment hasn't turned on the fucking ac yet so i have the windows open and fans mm -hmm. there's so much water in the air yeah that it just goes and sits in like all my clothes my bed i get into bed and it literally feels like it's the same feeling as when you're sick and you wake up in a sweat and your bed is just damp. Yeah. That was already what my bed was when I got in. So yeah. now like <laughs> your bed was sick. <laughs> I can't free exactly. <laughs> I can't freely move around like how I like to do it. And I just fucking ooh, I think I move my arm here. Well, and it completely when I cancels out the the cold effect of like sheets or the pillow. You know, like the cold side of the pillow. Yeah. You like flip it over and you're like, oh my god, like my skin hasn't warmed this up yet. Like. Especially when you move a body part in your bed at night, and you're like, "Oh, this is like a fresh spot." Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's no fresh spots. There's no fresh spots. You're oh. in a pre-owned bed, dude. Yeah, owned by a fucking uh, walrus, <laughs> fucking Shrek. <dude>. Oh, <laughs> Shrek, <laughs> fresh out of the swamp, Shrek, dude. Oh, dude, I slept so poorly. That's why I didn't get back to you until like one thirty. Because oh, like, I just been like, I cut. Everything like I cut my fingernails too short on Monday too, mm. and part of playing guitar is uh, if you cut your fingernails too short one day, and just continue to play guitar, you will feel the you will feel the pain of that for like a week. Because yeah. like as you're playing, you're just you're never like letting it flipping up over your yep. new fingernail. Dude, I woke up Wednesday night after my gig at the horse. In literal, I've never experienced this in my life, writhing pain from my fingers. Ooh. Like, they hurt so bad. It was just like this constant sting. I was like, oh, my God. And when I woke up in the morning, it was fine. But, like, and then last night, my voice was just so fucking sore from singing that, like, I just would wake up every one minute, like, coughing. And I was like, this sucks, dude. My throat hurts so fucking bad. I feel great. But like just all that singing, like my, vo my vocals were going through the same thing my fingers were going through, mm -hmm. and I just could not sleep. And it was like that: the humidity, the wet bed. It was miserable, truly, fucking miserable. That's why when I got here, honestly, I was driving up and I was like, "Oh fuck, there's like no AC in the studio. It's gonna be shitty in there." Yeah, but no, came in here, 
fans pumping the air. We got a nice cross section of breeze. Yeah, I got like, the secret window bad. open there. It yeah. really is nice. It it's really, really is not nice. bad. This right is now. peak time for the studio. Yeah, because you know. July is back when we get to miserable, dude. Oh, yeah. Miserable. We got to break out that fan. That's when we get the swamp in here, when yeah. everything in here is wet. <laughs> I'm smoking a cig, sorry. Uh, you know, man. It's, you all, it's it. on you. It's on me, dude. Um, Shoots. Let's so see. Other big shit this week. Obviously, Kendrick dropped his album. We listened to um, him fighting with his girlfriend on the phone earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big news in rap, though. Um, Young Thug and his entire label, YSL. So that's him, Gunna, and like 20 other people, mm-hmm. 20 plus other people, all got arrested in Atlanta this past week. Uh, and they're going to try to push like Rico charges on his music label. Um, kind of like trying to, you know prosecute them like they're a gang and like a a mob basically you know because of drugs or what so uh yeah they did like a raid on his house they found a bunch of drugs and guns and silencers and shit but apparently the big thing is they've like had his phone tapped since like 2019 wow and like he's just been like calling for like you know people to do shit over the phone and like people would like do some shit in the streets and then just like immediately call him to be like yeah we just hit that guy like <laughs> whatever you know what Dude. i mean Dude. yeah so it's not looking good um at least for young thug i don't know about gunna hopefully hopefully he can make it out of that because he's you know he's one of my favorite artists right now i obviously love young thug and his music i can't understand and i've never been able to understand this why? Because you see this happen constantly. Um, obviously, six nine comes to mind, where like, and I, I guess with his situation, it's slightly different because wasn't he like whatever the story is that he was like kind of put on by some gang in New York that like what was that yeah. whole thing with that? I think for like six nine, like I think he wasn't really like a gangster, but then like he had the gang like bring him in so then he could rap about gang shit kind of similar to and it like, would be like validated i guess yeah like they kind of they kind of like promoted him but kind of similar to what the way people talk about like with frank sinatra and mm-hmm. his connections to the mafia that like not that he didn't have a ton of talent and was good at what he did but that like he was very much interconnected with that world which mm-hmm. is partially why he found the level of success he did but it's like so i can kind of understand that where it's like okay you got where you got by by associating with these people and and kind of being like like under their thumb a little bit to the point where like when you get caught it's like okay you got got yeah but like i don't understand when you have guys like um like young thug or uh even with juice world because like wasn't didn't they find him with like a ton of fucking shit on him and that's why he od'd because he like tried to take it all or like yeah i don't know i think that situation's still a little murky i think like um i don't think he took all that shit to kill himself but i think like he was like abusing that shit so much that like he just kept taking more and more and more just to feel the same shit like we were talking about before i i just like because he was flying into chicago for like his birthday party so like he wasn't trying to kill himself yeah that's what i'm saying i don't but think... he like brought a bunch of drugs in for his party and, oh like, I think okay they, i think like his od was happening as they landed and then like 
a bunch of cops were already there. See, I was under the because because my understanding of that story, I didn't look too deeply into it, but my understanding is similar to what you're saying. Like he was doing the drugs. I get that. Mm-hmm. I don't I, like okay, like famous people, everybody does drugs, and it doesn't change when you're famous. In fact, it probably becomes harder to not do. Because you're just surrounded by it and it's so accessible. It's yeah. not like money. You get a bunch of like yes men. And also it's like, you know for a fact that these labels are definitely getting these people the drugs. Like, oh, yeah. Juice World's not on the streets trying to find shit. Like, he is an assistant or a fucking label or whatever, like, getting that shit oh, yeah. in each city for him. Like the situation with even when they found Mac Miller's text and they were like, okay, yeah, yeah we'll get you this shit. Also, do you want a fucking... Thirteen hundred dollar hooker tonight <laughs> yeah, too. Like, like, what the fuck? What else can we get for you? It's part of your contract. Unlimited yeah, yeah. coke and whores. Like Jesus Christ. Like I, I can understand the doing it. I can't understand the dealing it. Like, um, because like, okay, let's or like say- just facilitating such a bad habit for one of like the people that's making your your money. Like, mm-hmm. you're you're basically just like living off of this guy, and then also like, com- you know, contributing to his fucking fall. It's probably how partially when they talk about like a music industry, like how they kind of get you a little bit because it's like not only like it's harder to become like independent and like fight back against this. I'm just speculating right now, but like when you're also supplying all their fucking vices and all their bad habits, it's like they kind of are way more under your thumb than if they're just clean and just doing their own thing. And they get to the point where like, you know what? I don't fucking need you guys. But it's like if you got them all fucking doped up and shit, it's like, yeah, well, we're taking this much of your money. And also, you know, like we fucking gave you a gallon of fucking perks or whatever for the past fucking year. (laughs) Like a gallon of perks. (laughs) Like, dude, were you going to sue us? You're going to fucking sue us? Like, no. I, I... I would think that, like, I understand that a lot of these, especially in the hip-hop world, that, like, um, so many people that come up came up through that environment, and so they are entrenched in drug dealing and shit Mm -hmm. like that. I've just never been able to imagine why, once you're starting to make big money, why you don't just go, okay, um, I was doing the drug shit because I needed money. And it was fine money, and it's good money. But now I'm making a gazillion dollars. Yeah. And now my options are make a gazillion and two dollars and stay in the rap game and then get caught with fucking Rico charges and get fucking put in jail and lose all my money. Or just make a gazillion dollars and not deal or anything. Like, if you get caught with possession, like, okay, somebody find Like, if you get caught doing cocaine as an artist, it's like, okay, dude, like, what's going to happen? You know, like you get the best fucking lawyer. You didn't have intent to intent to distribute. Yeah. That's the big thing. It's really the intent to distribute, which is why with we they say like, okay, if you get caught with like, what is it like up to like a fucking like eight pounds of weed or something ridiculous. I don't know what it is, but it's like you have to, in order to like get in trouble for possession of weed at this point, you have to really have you have, to have like a lot of it. Yeah, you have to have enough weed where they can reasonably say, like, okay, you're not smoking eight pounds of weed. Mm-hmm. You're dealing eight pounds of weed, which is yeah. why you're in trouble. Like, possession of weed is not a thing anymore, as far as I know. Um, But, like, why... I, I just... I've never been able to understand it, and, like, it sucks. And you want to say, like, you know... You know, the common thing is, like, yo, free my man, young thug, and it's like, too, but, like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, I just don't get it i uh, it's 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 so 
stupid to me. Like, dude, you're 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 a household name. You make yeah, you money. made music with Elton John. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's kind of a, you know, it's fucked. It's definitely fucked. Like, I it I think it's fucked that like they're bringing in his like entire label too. Like, because I doubt most of those people had anything to do with that shit but you never know i mean honestly i would if they had his phone tapped like i don't know what to fucking say the label thing is probably less as much but the entourage thing is totally a thing in fact the only thing i just i just don't want this to be like you know they can use this case to be like all right let's take down fucking like you know this label or this label just because they see like people being flashy with their money, like you know, because that's how it always is with fucking like cops taking down rappers and shit. It's mm-hmm. like they get to a certain point where the police are basically just mad that these people are making more money than them. Oh yeah, and they just like want to find any way to take them down. Well, uh, yeah, but also on the same token, uh, if the labels are doing what I was saying before, which is like facilitating it as yeah. part of like trying to keep these guys under the thumb then yeah i mean i i see that more so from like the big like fucking like you know universal and all that shit like i don't know about like indie labels and i don't think you know his label's not an indie label mm-hmm. by any means i think it's under 300 but like yeah i think i think 300's been like accused of that shit like endangering artists by like facilitating them with shit well what's he facing right now I'll Do you know what? What is, is six nine still in jail? Or what, what's that? No, he's out of jail. So I'm so like you know, everyone called him out for being a snitch and everything, but he's out of jail and making money again. Like, yeah, can't really hate on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's the other thing. Like when you watch a movie like Goodfellas and. uh it you know, and you see the guy like you're facing like life in prison for like the same shit, like racketeering and all that, whatever racketeering means, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it's like okay, or you could just fucking blow the top off this whole thing and tell us everything you know, and uh, I I always try to imagine like what would I do in that situation, um, but the reality is it's like it's almost a false. Uh, hypothetical because in order for me to be that deeply entrenched with something like peddling drugs and fucking trafficking people and whatever else people fucking go to jail for like I would have to not be me you know what I mean like the same person there'd be a whole different set of circumstances like you would be you would know all those people like it'd be like if you know, the slabs got called for racketeering. Yeah. It's like, would you, would we all go down together or one of us snitch? I don't really know. But are the slabs going to be involved? Like, like that's the question. It's like, it's like, so like if we got in trouble for something that like we were doing like a good thing, like we weren't Mm -hmm. doing something bad and like it was a fucked up situation and like they were trying to bring down the slabs for some reason to (laughs) pop in, dominating secrets at Ocean City. They found our fucking... (laughs) old facebook group yeah they find our old facebook group and they're like i need you to tell me exactly when this post is made who it was about blah 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 blah, what this story is about blah 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 like yeah i would probably go down for that uh and not snitch on anybody because 
I know that we were doing the right thing. We were doing the right thing by being pieces of shit on Facebook group, yeah, our own yeah, private yeah. Facebook group. Of course. Um, but like, <laughs> if we're doing fucking terrible shit and like human trafficking and drug trafficking and shit, it's like, well, that that's a different Jimmy Seleski going into the thing. It's like that's a Jimmy Seleski that's doing bad shit all the time and then got caught. And is that the same Jimmy Seleski that's going to be like, no, man, I'm holding true to my? It's like no. That's why you always have that like honor among thieves thing or like whatever they call it yeah. but it's like dude if we're all doing fucked up shit like why am i gonna go down for you and then that's where they get you where it's like you know they'll take you both in a room and like see if your stories match up and then like you find out after the fact that like you stayed true and then the other guy gave you up and now you're well, in prison they'll just they'll lie about that too like because they'll try they'll lie about it in between the interviews and then try to fuck you up and you just kind of got to hope, like, all right, I hope Jimmy didn't fucking tell. Yeah. Because I didn't. Um, that's called The Prisoner's Dilemma, and that was actually best exemplified in popular culture in the second uh, Batman movie, the Christopher Nolan ones, The Dark Knight, where they are on, they have two separate cruise ships or ferries or something crossing the river in not New York City, Gotham City. Um, and... Both one crew is a crew of like prisoners being shipped to like some like fucking remote prison island, and the other ship is just full of like regular people who are just going across the river. And they both have a remote, and the Joker tells them that, like, you know, uh, they have a remote that can blow up your ship, you have a remote that can blow up their ship, and uh, if neither one of you does it in the next whatever amount of time then you both get blown up. And so the people on the, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, good people, non-criminal ship, are like debating. They're like, well, you know, these guys had their chance. Like, they're all fucking criminals on that boat. You know they're going to not think twice about killing us to fucking live, but like, why should we both, why should we all die just to save them? Like, we we fucking did the right thing. Like, we're free people. We we haven't done anything wrong. Like, blah, blah, blah. There's just rapists and murderers and drug dealers on that ship. Like, fuck them. If we have to choose between us and them, like, we're going to do it. And it's like, that was such a good uh, conundrum that they introduced in that movie, I thought. Because yeah. that is the old school thought experiment, the prisoner's dilemma, where you're both in a room and like, if he gives you up, uh, you go to life, he gets off free, and vice versa. But if neither one of you give each other off, then you both get life in prison. It's like, it's the same thing. But that's like, again, uh, when it comes to going to jail and shit, it's like, what I find fascinating about 6 9 is like, how the fuck is he not being gunned for? If he did snitch on that many people, it's like, you have to imagine that somebody's out gunning for him. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure he kind of just like, I'm sure he has, like, a bunch of security. I bet he probably lives in, like, a secluded area. I doubt he's, like, walking around in fucking New York City anymore. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. Um, But I finally found... This was, like, the hardest shit to ever find, <laughs> what charges are. Because it's all, like, news articles, and they get paid per word. So every word is, like, longer than it needs to be. Oh, yeah. Um, Word salad. So, he got uh, state charges of participation in street gang activity and conspiring to violate the racketeering influence, or Racketeer Influenced and Corruption Organizations Act, the RICO Act. Um, and then he got new charges 
of possessions of marijuana with the intent to distribute. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when they raided his house. Uh, possession of Schedule 3, 4, or 5 controlled substance with intent to distribute. Probably like cough syrup or some shit. Maybe Coke. I okay. don't know. The, the lower the number, the worse it is, right? Schedule 1 drugs are the worst, right? I'm not sure. I don't know how that works, to be honest. Um, I think, yeah, Schedule 1 is like the worst. So mm-hmm. Schedule 4 is like fucking giving some, or yeah, some shit. Peddling fucking <laughs> baby cough drops and shit. Do you think they got them because of the baby oh, formula yeah, shortage? Oh, yeah. I'm glad, yeah, we'll segue into that eventually. Okay. <laughs> um, possession of a firearm arm during the commission of a felony. So he had a hot gun. Uh, possession of sawed-off shotgun. So illegal gun, I guess, probably in Georgia. Sawed off rifle. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, machine gun. Another one that just says dangerous weapon uh, or silence. Pair of scissors. And three counts silencer. of being a person employed or associated with a criminal street gang to conduct or participate in criminal gang activity through the commission of a crime. Wow. It's a lot of long words. It's a lot of counts. Mm-hmm. Even the count. On Sesame Street would be beside himself with that many counts. <laughs> like, that's too high. <laughs> one. I don't have an end of enough fingers. <laughs> Schedule one. Like, damn, dude. Well, Schedule two. <laughs> Schedule three. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, the, the reality is. Yeah, he's uh, kind of fucked. He's fucked, but also this is the, the, real, the real divide in society. I've always believed this. And I think most people understand this. Is the the class divide, the money divide, um, and uh, the reality is, um, if you have the means to buy the best lawyer, and you know, if you have the means to to fight a case like that, and like match the state or match the feds with your ability to fund your defense against their prosecution, yeah. Uh, you are going to not get off scot-free, but you're not going to even come close to... So just like the average Joe yes. who's going to get a state-appointed mm-hmm. lawyer. Yeah. yeah. And that is, you know, it, it's like you look at it and it's like, okay, it like it's a good thing that we live in a country where if you don't have... Like you have a right to an attorney. Mm-hmm. And so if you cannot... I'm just reading Miranda rights now. Like I'm fucking arresting you. You have the right to an attorney. Do not the right to remain silent. Yeah. And if you can't afford a lawyer, we will give you the worst imaginable lawyer. Yeah. That's gonna go in there in like a a improperly tied tie. We're gonna give you the state appointed loser. Yeah. We're giving you the worst person. You're better off defending yourself than with this guy. And all they're gonna do is be like, okay, here's what I got for you. Uh we can get you a plea deal. Uh, or you're going to go to jail for eight life sentences. And he's like, what? I just got a DUI. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's looking pretty bad in there. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I yeah. haven't even finished my fucking... the judge is on her period, so... <laughs> just don't ask Don't say her. anything about that. <laughs> and then he does. Yeah. <laughs> Your Honor. <laughs> Your Honor, is it that time of the month? Or you're being a little... You're being a bitch to my client Kind of being here. a bitch. You're kind, kind of, of being a, a bitch. bitch. Maybe we should uh, motion for a reschedule this. Maybe, I don't know, non 10 days from now. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually have your cycle mapped out, so we probably only need seven days, Your Honor. <laughs> you both go to jail, you and your lawyer as cellmates. You're like, this is the worst 
fucking lawyer ever. <laughs> Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> That's fucking embarrassing. Um, but yeah, you're going to get off. Like, Young Thug, he's going to be fine. It's just kind of like this weirdly understood thing that we all get that is fucked up that it's such a normal understood thing. That's like when a celebrity gets caught driving a rented Maserati 800 miles per hour down the freeway. Oh, wait, that was another thing. Uh, Apparently in 2016, he rented a car, and then that car was used uh, for, like, you know, shooting some people up. That came back on him. And it's like, he's going to get whatever the minimum sentence is for that divided by three. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's so... And then probably serve it just on house arrest or something. Oh, yeah. House arrest. Sorry, dude. You have to live in your fucking mansion for the next six months. Not allowed to leave your private pool. Unlimited fucking people having big parties that come to your mansion every day. Just don't leave your giant palatial villa in fucking Beverly Hills overlooking the Pacific Ocean. You got to chill there for the next six months. It's like, all right, dude. Justice is not served. Justice is swerved. Swerved. <laughs> 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 uh, that's, that's in the running for the new episode title now. I was going to go with something Laughternoon, but yeah. Justice is Swerved. Happy Laughternoon. Oh, dude. Justice is Swerved might take the cake on that one. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, segueing peacefully into uh, a topic that you alluded to earlier with the baby formula thing, um, I... Again, this is another thing that like I doesn't affect us. Doesn't affect me. <laughs> uh, have tried to care. Have tried. I haven't tried pretending to care, uh, but I have tried to care a little bit. Uh, I, I when I say try to care, it means really sitting down and going, hmm, uh, is this a thing that's being blown out of proportion for political points? I mean, all I'm going to say is, if I can interject real quick, sorry, Please Jimmy. Do. Please do. Y'all motherfuckers made me go back to work over a year ago now. How is there still supply chain shortages? It's, uh... There weren't any during the pandemic. It's, There uh, really weren't. It was really just, like, the panic buys of toilet paper and paper towels. Mm-hmm, That's it. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Yeah. Nothing, like, how is... How is... I get that driving a truck sucks... But you're doing it by yourself. There's no risk of fucking getting any disease in there unless you already have it. Mm-hmm. How is it now that there's supply line issues? Um, I think that the supply chain was everything in chain. Russia. Are we getting everything from Russia? Is that it? Well, is there's baby formula coming from fucking Chernobyl. <laughs> like what the fuck? No, I'm not gonna get my fucking chemical X baby <laughs> formula. Turn my kid into a fucking rowdy Power rough boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what the fuck did I do with my pack of cigs, by the way? Right in front of you. Oh, shit. That is unbelievable. View. Well, I think that uh, that was camouflage. That was the Gator. That was the Millerade being like, dude, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, the I think what we're really experiencing is, and again, I don't think that this one comes down to a political thing either because uh, all the fucking, most of the stimuli, stimuli uh, like was a lot of it was during Trump's presidency and then it kind of continued into Biden's presidency like all these like fucking like stimulus checks and fucking unemployment being blown out the way it was and like um, I remember even at the time being like dude 
we are pumping so much fucking money into our economy, like trillions of dollars. I think we spent more money in that first stimulus bill, like the first COVID one, when COVID first came out. It was like something like three trillion in real money, and then like another three trillion in like fucking like debt and loans and like different shit that was like either forgiven or like money given out. And I was thinking like when you talk about like inflation as the cost of certain things goes up, it's not necessarily when we talk about supply chains and I'm kind of really thinking out loud right now. I really Mm -hmm. haven't put to, but I'm trying to like pave a, a straight line of thought here that like when you in, when you have pumped so much money into the economy, inflation is a natural, uh, uh, side of not even side effect it is the natural outcome of what happens when you do that and so prices go up for things because there's more money around so there's like inflation happens when there's uh too much money and not enough product so then people have this abundance of money and then uh but there's a limited supply so then the price of every single thing naturally goes up because you know, there's the same amount of stuff and people have more money to do it. It's like I was having this conversation, I think, with Matt on Monday. I believe <laughs> I, I was having I'm pretty <laughs> sure I was talking about this at one point. And I was like saying that the interesting thing about money is that money is made up. Money is fake. Value is real. And what that means is, is that you could take a dollar and you could call it a fucking blippity blop or you could call it a fucking yen or you could call it a Bitcoin or you could call it a vacuum fan, whatever the fuck you want to call it, whatever we have agreed is going to represent value is what money is. But value is always the same. So it's like if, if we have a situation where like, if, if you could always say like a good metric is like gas, usually, I don't even know this is real, but like Gas, let's say in theory that gas is always like kind of the same price as like a gallon of milk, right? Mm-hmm. You could go to any place in the world where gas and milk are at the same amount of abundance and availability and demand. And whatever amount gas costs in their crazy, let's say it costs 403 blip blops in fucking Narnia. Well, that's how much a gallon of milk is going to cost too. Because the value of something is, is intrinsic. And the value of something, so like how much you're willing to pay for something, if if a gallon of gas is as valuable to a person as a gallon of milk, then they will be the same price, regardless of what that price is. So we have this, the price of stuff just going up, because now you have like, you talk about like people, when they talk about like the gas shortage, or not even shortage, or whatever the fuck it is, gas prices going up, it's like, well, you have gas gas being what gas is and maybe we are having a shortage i don't know maybe we, the sanctions with russia or whatever the fuck is going on i don't know but also it's like well people just in general have more money the value of the dollar has gone down so even if gas availability stays the same the price of everything goes up so now, I mean, that's literally what fucking inflation is. So it's like, well, as the price of everything goes up and you have this unequal distribution of money in a society, well, it's like, well, now when you're talking about baby formula or any other thing, it's like, well, if gas is going up, then that means it costs more when you 
make when you spend utilities in electricity and fossil fuels or whatever the fuck goes into actually producing the baby formula that means the price of baby formula goes up when you also factor in that the amount of how much money it costs to fund a giant ass tractor trailer taking that baby formula from the factory to a warehouse and then spending that gas money to transfer the from the warehouse to the store to get to your shelf that makes the price of it go up. And at a certain point, it's like, well, if the price of every single thing involved with going in to produce this product is now going above what the average person has to spend on that product or what the company is willing, they can only produce so much because it's like, well, blah, 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 blah. All these thoughts aren't completely connecting my mind. What I guess I'm getting at is that when I th hear about the supply chain shortages, I don't think it has to do with COVID anymore. I think it has to do with the things we did during COVID money-wise that caused this immense amount of inflation and price rise in everything that now you're seeing that like, well, if the cost of producing a piece of plywood is to the point where now a sheet of fucking plywood in Michigan is 85 fucking dollars, it's like, yeah, you're going to have a supply chain shortage. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why that's necessarily hitting the baby formula market's so hard compared to everything yeah, else. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get that, uh, like, did they just, like, stop producing as much? Or, like, did they, like, accidentally lose one of their warehouses? Did they forget where it was of all the baby? Because I think what the thing is, is people aren't able to get baby formula. Yes. So I don't know if that would be an inflation thing, because that would just be, it would cost more. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, apparently, and I can't verify this is true, but apparently um, one of the things that the government stockpiles as part of like emergency shit and stuff like that is baby formula, which would make mm. sense. You know, Maybe that, they just stockpiled a bunch, ate, I up, think, ate up the whole market. Yeah, I think that's what's going on is they're uh -oh. only that so like kind of <laughs> like how we had like a, a mask shortage when COVID first broke out because like, you know, we had a government stockpile of uh, masks, surgical masks and things like that, like things that we need in cases of emergencies that like we can't just not have. Mm -hmm. And so then like that was kind of like already kind of tapped out by time COVID hit. Like I guess it wasn't nearly enough in there as we thought we would need. And then it got to the point where like, okay, when COVID first came out, it was like, well, masks are hard to come by. You know, mm -hmm. the fuck we need to have enough for our nurses and doctors that like the public is going to have to be kind of sparing with it. And then we finally were able to get more mass produced and things like that. Not mass produced, mask produced. And uh, I think what's happening now is like baby formula is being produced and it's being stockpiled, I believe, by the government as part of like whatever the fuck we do. It makes sense. But now it's like, okay, well, you guys, you guys have it all. Now we don't have anything. Yeah. And like, again, I'm only. I don't have an emotional response to this because part of me is like, well, I know this is a very insensitive take and I, I, I get I mean, it. It's also kind of like there wasn't always baby formula. This is just like the canned food version of like, you know, yes, probably just making food for your baby. Like people used to do. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And I get it. Like, I, I like, you know, some people that are like really, far out in left field where they'll be like, dude, just fucking try breastfeeding. Ever heard of it? It's like, okay, yeah, but also... Or just, like, make applesauce or some shit. Mm -hmm. Like, make your own applesauce. 
half a baby formula isn't isn't it just fucking applesauce mm. or like m- mashed up bananas or some shit? I have no idea what goes in a baby. Like just formula. go buy a banana in a blender. Yeah, if it's a fucking banana split smoothie, that would be intense. <laughs> that would be amazing because there's no way your mom is putting that out. Your right. mom's not putting out fucking soft serve, fucking delicious. I don't know. I, I honestly can't remember what it tasted like, but I'm sure it wasn't that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying sh- to think back. I'm trying to think I'm back. <laughs> I can't quite remember. <laughs> It'd be weird if you tasted it and be like, oh, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> like deep seated in your mind, like, I remember that. Damn. Yeah, kind of like when a first sip of whiskey hits you, you're like, ooh, what would I have been doing for the past 28 and two thirds years? <laughs> Forgot about that. But like, I also understand that, yes, for the past. Uh, billion years of mammal evolution, like fucking, uh, uh, fucking kangaroos don't have fucking kangaroo formula. Like you know, fucking human beings up until a hundred or so years ago didn't have baby formula. Also, uh, the average infant mortality rate a hundred years ago was significantly higher than now. So like, you could certainly make the argument that like. Well, hey, we got this thing called boobs, and like that's kind of the point of them. Really? They're not just for looking at on Instagram. They have a real function, and their function is to feed an infant after giving birth to that, to that infant. But then it's like, okay, yeah, that is the natural state of things, but also uh, the natural state of things is that if a kid has a fucking peanut allergy 200 years ago— Nobody knows what the fuck that is, and so he fucking dies when he looks at a skippy jar of peanut butter. Like, that's, you know, that's what happens. So, like, now we live in a society where, like, we have all these extra things to be supplemental, like baby formula, so that people aren't just dying left and right, and it's so normal to lose your first kid that you just give the next kid the same fucking name because it's, like, you're basically, like, a fucking rat den where you're just like, oh, well, I mean, like, it's a fucking 50-50 if he's going to make it to three years old anyway, so he died, whatever, blah, 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 blah. It's just normal. Like, my grandfather... Had a fucking older brother, and he just fucking died in Greece when he was like two, and they just fucking named the next kid. Same fucking thing. All right, you're the new him. Hopefully you fare better, you know? Like, but like, so like I get why it's 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 a silly thing to just be like, just fucking breastfeed. Cause it's like, well, you know, some women might not be able to produce the amount that they need, at which point then they have to like start these like fucking like milk banks i think they call where like moms get together and like stockpile their own fucking breast milk which is like insane this whole fucking thing when it comes to the issue has made me think less about the economy even though that is what is causing this mixed with government stockpiling whatever the fuck else is going on that i'm not gonna pretend to know about but like made me realize how amazing fucking women are like i was thinking like dude it's crazy that like like the female body is literally just like handcrafted for everything nurturing Mm -hmm. it's like a fucking and i don't mean this in a sexist way i'm not saying this all it is but it is amazing the female body is like a fucking literal baby factory like everything from the way their hips are shaped to be able to carry an infant better and like wider and like that you fucking get pregnant incubate it and like like when you think about even the idea of being pregnant like for me as a guy the idea that at one point in my life uh, the overwhelming likelihood is that I will start to grow a baby inside of me for nine months and I'll just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and there'll just be this thing inside of me and then I'm going to have to fucking experience the most excruciating pain probably imaginable mm-hmm. to give birth to this and I'll probably do that 
at maybe one, two, three, four times, you know? And that's just a part of fucking life. And then once it is, then I use my fucking chest and I'm just like, well, now yeah. I'm gonna now you do this the for the right next. and left Twix factories. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> wild. It made me realize, like, oh my God, dude. Like, what do we do? What do we do? We just fucking uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude. So I mean, like, I, I hope we figure that shit out. And like, I'm sure if we had children, we'd be much more on edge about it. But I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think luckily Luckily, I feel like for most people we know, their kids are out of the formula phase. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who's had her baby that recently. I couldn't even tell you how long that even is. I don't know if it's like, like, do babies still breastfeed when they're like two? I don't know. Yeah, I literally I don't, know. don't know. I mean, there's definitely like cases of kids breastfeeding <laughs> late, but then those are just always the weird kids, you know? Yeah, I just know that there's a certain age of kid that if I saw them breastfeeding, it would disturb me. Yeah, and I don't know don't what age need that a car is. Car seat, but you're still breastfeeding. Like if you have a full head of hair, I think that like <laughs> if it looks like a fucking Chucky doll is yeah. strapped to your tit, that would be like, what the fuck is going on there? Like it oh, better be a geez. bald ass head. It better look like a yeah. Tit I better be able to see that soft spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta like double take and be like, wait, where's the nipple? Oh no, that's a baby's head. <laughs> that's a baby's head. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's why babies come out bald. It's meant to just look like the boob yeah, while they're on the boob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not breastfeeding. They just have big fucking tits. Like, okay, cool, great. Um, uh, it's got three titties. <laughs> um, let's see. Other stuff I wanted to bring up. Um, other stuff I have not done any amount of research to justify bringing up. Mm -hmm. But who cares? I have personal experience in this. Uh, have you seen the Abercrombie documentary? No, Your but brother. you used to work there, right? I did. Alex worked at Hollister for a little bit. Okay, which is a... I don't know if they're... Com I, I think they're the same umbrella company, I'm pretty sure. I bet they are now. I don't yeah. know if they always were, but... I don't know if they always were, but I do remember when I was working there in 2010 to 2011 that Hollister we looked at as some sort of sister company. Like, there was a relationship. I remember it was like... The common thing they would say is like Abercrombie's like the East Coast style and Hollister was like the West Coast style. Mm. So Hollister was like surfer shit and like stuff like that. And then, um, you know, like Hollister, when you think of a Hollister model, you usually think of like the fucking like like the T-shirt with like the different color collar and like a puka shell necklace. Like that's like yeah. the Hollister model. Well, and also it's just even logos. Like Hollister is like the seagull, right? Yeah. It's a very beach theme. Yeah, and Abercrombie and Fitch was just like a fucking like cool font. It's mm -hmm. like, this is so New York. So New York. <laughs> like we're not surfing in the Hudson yeah. River, bro. We're, we could be a bank, but we sell clothes. Yeah, I'm wearing cool jeans. Like that's Abercrombie. And... um. I, I again I haven't watched it at all, but Alex is telling me a little bit about it. And um like I think one of the things they were like bringing up about like the way they recruited employees and the way that they treated employees in terms of like, you know, it was literally all looks based and uh That had to make you feel a little bit good though, right? Of course it did. And yeah. like, dude, the way I literally got recruited for Abercrombie is not a made up story, and apparently it's a very normal thing, is I was on a jog in Towson. And I was crossing the street where, like, the fucking Starbucks and Towson U and Seasons is. I was, like, in that intersection. And a car pulls off to the side of the road. And it's, like, a pretty hot, like, 
chick, I think she was probably like 28 or 29, which to me at the time when I was tw- 19 felt like she was like 50. A MILF. Yeah, yeah I was like, this fucking <laughs> hot 28-year-old MILF pulled over. I was like, what? And she's like, hey, um, do you are you looking for a place to work? Like, do you have a job? And I was like, no. <laughs> are you talking to me? <laughs> and she was like, well, I'm a manager at Abercrombie at the Towson Mall. So here's my card if you want to come by for like an interview. And, uh, you know, we'd love to have you on the staff. And so I did. And then I went there and uh, I did the interview, which is basically just don't be ugly. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, great. And then so then the next phase after I was hired was I had to stand in the middle of like the not in the store, in the middle of the mall hallway and have these like pictures, model pictures taken of me like with my hands in my pockets like this and people in the mall are just like walking by and just like looking at me and i'm just like i hate it i was yeah. like oh this is so cringe like i can't i'm so embarrassed right now and they would and she was like look i know you're feeling embarrassed right now but don't be embarrassed they should be embarrassed you're a model okay like you work for abercrombie <laughs> like they're just fucking jealous 625 an hour yeah, or whatever yeah. The it was fuck literally it was. minimum wage at that time was 725 yeah <laughs> You're a model. We're paying you seven twenty five an hour. Also, we're not paying you for this training session. And you, like everybody else, like they can laugh all they want, but they just wish that they could work here and blah, blah, blah. Like that was literally the mindset. And I didn't like it. I always hated it. And they had they had this rule where it was like you, um, you didn't have to technically buy their clothes mm-hmm. to work there. But like if you didn't, you were going to get the shittiest shifts imaginable. And me being me, I was like, I'm not fucking buying a $90 pair, $90 pair of jeans. Like, yeah. I got these sick-ass rock boy. So I'm in there with fucking rock $15 jeans and, like, a button-up that my grandmother gave me as, like, a church button-up. Yeah. And I'm just in there like that. And, like, you you know, they would just give me the worst hours. And, like, you know, I'm working, like, two, three-hour shifts a week and whatever. And, like, I didn't even know what my job was other than, like, just sit there and look pretty. Literally, you would stand <laughs> at the front, and um, people would walk in, and they had this, uh, I forgot what it was called. They had a stupid, like, annoyingly corporate corny term for it. It was, like, tagline or, like, tag phrase. It was, like, they had, like, a different one every month. And I remember when I was working there, whenever somebody walked in, I was required to say, hey, did you know our pants can make you a star? <laughs> swear to God, that was what I had to say. Now, I also swear to God, I never once said that. Of course I not. promise anybody listening, the words, hey, did you know our pants can make you a star, never left my mouth unless I was telling a story about it. <laughs> I could not imagine. My tagline was, hey, what's up, guys? Because that's normal. Yeah. That doesn't freak people. I was like, are you, you guys? Yeah, it doesn't scare people away. Like, what the fuck are you thinking goes through the average person's and head? not my way? pants. These are rock <laughs> pants. <laughs> Did you know my but pants can make pants. you a star? <laughs> <laughs> like, no. No, your pants can't make me anything. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> oh, shit. But, um, I mean, look, the reality is, of all those uh, uh, things that I just said, it was commonly understood and common knowledge that to work at Abercrombie, you had to be good looking or you worked in the back, mm-hmm. in the fucking back stock. And people in the back stocked, they worked there and they knew why they didn't work up front. And like it was a weird dynamic, but at the same time, it was an accepted and understood dynamic where the people in the back, 
some of them, not, not saying they were ugly, there were plenty of like good looking people in the back, but like they just didn't, they, maybe they did used to work in the front and like decided to work back there. Or, you know, maybe it was just a person who was just like hired to be a back person. But like there was this strange thing. I hated working there. Um, I didn't even know, like I said, I didn't know what my job was, I guess to fold clothes. I suck at folding clothes. Like I, you just, I, you know, I think the only time I ever was like, maybe this would be a worthwhile investment of my time was for Christmas. They always had like the guy stand out front of the store shirtless. Ooh. And so you had to be like ripped to Did do it. Did you like that or no? I considered doing that because they actually approached me and asked me if I want to do that. Because at the time I actually could have done that. Yeah. Now it wouldn't happen. But back when I was 20, I could have done that. And even then I, they were like, we'll pay you triple. Ooh. You get like twenty dollars an hour to just stand out front and in a no shirt and just be hot mm. and get people to come in. And uh I wound up not ever doing it because I was just like, this is no, I'm not doing that. But um that was the only time I ever thought like, oh, maybe I could make actual money doing this. It but also I have to stand in a mall that I've been coming to since I was three. Yeah, and shirtless. see a billion people that in the I middle know. Of Christmas when everyone's home. Everyone is home. Everyone's gonna go shopping last minute. And be like, oh yeah, did you see Jimmy at the mall being a complete fucking tool? <laughs> An utter sellout. An utter sellout. <laughs> He's sold out. He used to be a hundred percent all about so shirts. Down to and now earth. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be team shirts, dude. Now you're team skins, bro. Fucking sellout. <laughs> Yeah, but um, so this documentary, like, I'm sure there was other, it's 2022, so I'm sure they're also going to bring up, like, racial shit and stuff. It's like, well, if there is one thing I will say, that um, there it was a very diverse staff, and by diverse, I mean a diverse group of good-looking people of different ethnicities. Mm -hmm. There was good-looking black chicks, good-looking Latina chicks, good-looking Asian chicks, good-looking whatever chicks. Like, so, like, it wasn't, like, a racial thing for sure but there was discrimination if you are like this is why i say like everybody everyone discriminates um it's just what makes discrimination bad is how you're discriminating like a job interview that's discrimination you're discriminating against people that you don't whether it's because they're not talk like good conversationalists they maybe they didn't go to the school that you'd like them to have gone to maybe they don't have the proper background maybe they don't have the proper experience maybe blah 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 like every single thing you do dating is discrimination what are you doing you're going out there with different people and discriminating based off of who you want to be in a relationship with based off of a myriad of different things so like just saying the word discrimination and just using that as a catch-all for like this is bad. It's like everything. The whole reason you go to college is because you are look. You understand that the world discriminates based off of a myriad of things, and you want to make your resume, your tail of the tape, better than the fucking guy that comes into the interview before or after you. It's the whole fucking purpose of. Every single thing you do, when you practice guitar or practice comedy, it's because you want co your comedy to be better than the next guy so that when a club owner is discriminating over who he wants to fucking come here. I know I'm using the word discrimination very loosely right now, but what I guess I'm saying is like, if you work in a job field, which is entirely based in the idea of being good looking, then yes, the main uh, determinant of whether or not you're qualified for that job 
would logically follow that you would have to be good looking. It's like saying, oh yeah, I work on Wall Street where the primary way that we determine if somebody should work here is if they have banking experience, understand how to work with numbers, can follow trends, are willing to put in long hours, and blah, 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 blah. Also maybe look good in a fucking suit. Who fucking knows? Like, yeah, it would make sense. If you work at Hooters, maybe you should have some fucking Hooters, even though I'm saying, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, think about it all the way up to, you know, high fashion. It's not like you're at fucking Paris Fashion Week and you see a bunch of threes walking down the runway in the new Balenciaga or some shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless that's the shock of the whole reveal of the clothes. It's like we picked the ugliest people for this show. Yeah. And you're doing that to get people to talk about it because it's out of the norm exactly. of usually having the hottest people do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, precisely, because it's such an understood norm and such a logical thing that when you do the opposite, people go, oh, okay, well, you must be making some type of statement. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, I guess, again, I'll watch a documentary just because I'm interested to see what they say. I wouldn't watch this documentary if I hadn't worked there, but I actually am interested to see what other things they might say that I could be like, oh, yeah, I do remember that, or like, Oh, maybe I didn't notice that at the time, but maybe that was what's going on. Like, I'm interested to see that. Maybe I'll watch it later today. I got nothing going on. But, like, if it's just them talking about, yeah, and people didn't ever talk about this toxic environment where it was the entire value system was based off of, are you hot? And it's like, yeah, we didn't have to talk about it it because. Kind of unspoken. Thanks for telling us what we all already knew. Newsflash models at clothing stores are hired to look good in the clothing when they're modeling it. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to walk down the street. Well, and be it's like, also like a thing that like you kind of sign up for. I remember when Alex signed up for Hollister. Like one of the things in the employee contract is like you have to show up clean shaven, and if a manager sees stubble on your face, we'll provide you a razor to shave in the back. Boom. Same thing at Cheesecake Factory too. Yeah, that's a standard thing, and I guarantee they don't do that anymore because no, you're just not, not allowed to like have standards anymore. Like, where do we draw the line here? Like, I was personally. I, when I worked at Cheesecake Factory, it was honestly kind of like, I took it as a compliment because I was 22, 23 when I was working at the Columbia one. Like, you think this is facial hair? Yeah, literally, I came <laughs> into work and he was like, no, you got to shave. And I was like, really? Awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Wait, you see him too? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hell yeah. And they didn't have any razors. So I swear to God, this German manager, Tomas, who was actually a really good fucking manager in a in a in a fucking cesspool of pieces of fucking shit managers yeah, at corporate restaurants. Yeah, if you guys want to expose a documentary, make one about a fucking restaurant chain. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the scandals in that fucking environment. I yeah, mean, come on. Real. Find me any restaurant in the country and you could make a fucking Netflix series about it. Like, seriously. So, yeah. like, this manager that was, he used to be the manager of, like, Hollywood Video or something and in Germany, and they actually recruited him to come to move to America to manage the Columbia Cheesecake. The Columbia Cheesecake Factory was the highest grossing cheesecake factory in the world, the best run. He was, I mean, he was, I mean, look, two generations ago, no offense to Tomas, I don't mean this is a bad thing, but like when you think about like how the fucking like German concentration, like he would have been the guy running that shit. (laughs) Like seriously, like this guy was just on the fucking ball. I'm not saying he would have done it like that for any yeah you know what i mean but like reasons you get why germans do certain things you see their cars you're like you see the efficiency yeah you guys are efficient i tell you what (laughs) if nothing else you are fucking efficient not funny guys aren't known for being funny but you are fucking efficient and like i walk in 
He says, I got to shave. He goes to the back. None of the uh, stockpiled razors were there. So he says, here's a company card. I want you to drive somewhere, buy razors on the company card, come back, shave, give me the card, and then you can work your shift. So for two hours, I'm fucking driving around convenience stores with the Cheesecake Factory company card. <laughs> Could not believe this. Why didn't you just go to like a Target or something? I, because it was like in the middle of the mall and like I'm not familiar with Columbia. Yeah. Columbia. So yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to like drive around. Maybe like this fucking Royal Farms will have some. I just went to like Did he think you're going on like a shopping spree or some shit? I guess. I, I can't believe he trusted me to that point. I, I think there was, it was weird. Like there was something that he could have fired me so many times and like we did not have a close relationship mm -hmm. but he never like i will say that like when i applied for the transfer to towson he was a hundred percent like please please go to towson yeah get he, out of here. he would never fire me but as soon as i brought up the prospect of being like you know i heard towson's looking for people and like i live there and i and i would really like to work there if i could and he was like oh yeah you're first on the list it's like fucking awesome. It's like, please get the fuck out of here and give me the card back, dude. Been holding on to it. Never brought any razors. <laughs> yeah, dude. You have a full beard somehow. <laughs> that was the weird thing about there, too, because the rule was you either had to be clean shaven or a full beard. Yeah. You couldn't be in between. So I was like, well, how does you one... You had to have, like, established facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, if you worked at Cheesecake Factory and wanted to experiment with the idea of having a beard you basically had to take like pto two, yeah 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 two weeks on pto and just like what are you doing dude i'm growing a beard for yeah, free mental health yeah mental health facial health cover my fucking double chin yeah so like i mean but again i look back on those things and honestly um i don't see a problem with that i don't see a problem we've talked about dress codes and shit like that like uh, you know, people always there. There's a line between discrimination and having standards. And depending on what you're doing, meeting a standard is how anything in life fucking works. If you work at a restaurant that's trying to put forth a good uh, front, it's like, OK, dude, we don't need you to be having a six pack and like a fresh haircut every day you come in. But what we do need is for your uniform to be clean every day you come in. We need you to be either clean shaven or have a solid looking, acceptable form of facial hair, not fucking like white trash scruff that's like patchy and shit. Like pick one, run with it. But like when you show up to work, you have to look like you came to fucking work. You can't look like you stayed out drinking all night and haven't washed your work uniform in three fucking weeks with dirty bottoms of your pants. And then like we were talking about with Evan last time when he was on, like how they started because as our societal culture has moved just in the past 10 years away from this idea that you're allowed to actually have fucking standards, you see these restaurants like Cheesecake move from an all-white uniform, which was to basically display subconsciously to the patrons and the, and the guests that... How Our clean. servers yeah. are clean. And when you come to the Cheesecake Factory, you're not dealing with some fucking drug addict dirt bag that's fucking, you know, hasn't washed his clothes in two weeks. Like, you look at your server and you can tell how, you know, they're who they are as a person at least enough to fucking serve you your food. You know, so it's like I never had a problem with those. I, I understood that, like, if it was a job like a restaurant job or Abercrombie that, like, I didn't give a fuck about to that level. So it's like, okay, well, 
I'm not going to live up to your standard. And if you fire me as a result of that, I'm not going to blame you. I'm just going to be like, okay, well, you know, you're paying me to work this job. I agreed to work this job. You made the standards very clear at the time. And uh, I didn't abide by them. So now I don't work here anymore. That is fucking fine. It's so strange that like, like, I feel like all these things, all these talking points, these issues and like controversies and debates, so many of them come down to this kind of like, I guess what I would call like uh, an abdication of personal like responsibility for anything. It's like, dude, like I know there's a reason, like I said, why I like I don't look at Maroon 5 and say, why the fuck is Adam Levine making you know, 80 times more than me in one week than I make in a year. Like, that's unfair. It's like, no, dude, the reason why Maroon 5 makes more money than fucking sophomore is because uh, they have a bigger draw. People know who the fuck they are. They've made more and better music production-wise. Like, so I sit there and I don't blame society for why this is my situation and that's that's their situation. But now it's like, all these fucking places that used to have like dress codes, like what we talked about before, like with my brother working at Roost Chris downtown and like they would try to enforce a dress code and it's like, then they couldn't. And then all of a sudden, like people, like if I go out to dinner, like we talked about before, I don't want to sit next to somebody in a fucking wife beater and ripped jeans and shit like that. I want to, if I'm spending $60 on a fucking steak, I want to go there and fucking feel like I'm in a place that warrants $60 for this meal, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, when you take that away and you're just saying, oh, hoodie and sweatpants, come right in and sit right next to this fucking dad and his daughter and his wife on fucking their graduation dinner. And it's like, oh, great. Now I'm spending $60 to sit next to a fucking guy that I could have sat next to at Season's Pizza. So why don't I just fucking go to Season's Pizza then? Their food's pretty fucking good. It's like... They got steaks. Yeah, they got steaks. <laughs> like, what? you should have fucking standards if you don't have standards you're the one who's fucked up so like abercrombie you know what you guys i mean like look there's plenty of things i will say about that job there's plenty of things that i would say was corny hokey cheesy didn't make sense they had to have a certain amount of hours filled every week and if they didn't fill them then they would literally just be like guys the store's closed um I'm asking anybody to just please just chill here for two hours and stay on the clock because we're required to have a certain amount of hours per week. So just fucking sit in the back on the clock for two hours. And you would just store would close at nine and you'd just be sitting in the back just talking on the clock because they had to fill a certain amount of hours and justify weird. that they had a certain amount of employment and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Weird shit. Yeah, very But you weird. know what? At the same time, I'm being paid $7 an hour to fucking try and fail at hitting on my coworkers. <laughs> I usually do that for free. Yeah. So, hey. What they usually do? discourage that. <laughs> yeah. So that I work. We'll pay you $7 to please stop hitting on your coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Damn, yeah. I was watching, uh, me and Elizabeth watched Severance. Have you mm. heard of that? Um, I want to say yes, but I'm thinking just because I know the word. It's, like, um, I've heard the term. It's, uh, it's on Apple TV, which sucks. Oh. So I just downloaded it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Adam Scott. Uh, he was like the dick brother and stepbrothers. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the, like the like in, like, successful one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's super good in it. Um, 
basically the concept is uh, this one company. It's like instead of having like you know government clearance or whatever, mm-hmm. they've took it a step further. They're like, we're gonna put a chip in your brain, and when you come into work, all you remember is work shit. You don't remember anything about your outside life, but then when you leave, oh, yeah. it's only your outside life. You don't remember what the fuck you did today. Like, oh, uh, you got in a printer accident. That's why you have a cut on your forehead. Here's mm. a gift card to Chili's. Um, Dude, somebody told me, now that you're describing it, somebody told yeah, me I should watch this like two weeks ago. good as fuck. I would Whoa. highly recommend it. I'll get you set up to watch it on yeah, my if you could uh, send me server. Server. And, uh, Database. Yeah. I'm in. Tune in. Tune in, because it's good. It's only nine episodes. Oh, it's a it's a show, not a yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a show. Yeah, perfect. I'm definitely watching that. Nine episodes, good as shit. It's one of those shows where you're like, at the end of every episode, you're like, All right, I gotta watch one more. Oh my god, like, I gotta watch one more, dude. That is fucking. Wait, I don't want to spoil anything. Cause Adam Scott is is the actor's name or the name of the character in Parks and Rec? Um, so I think in Parks and Rec, it's what's his name in Parks and Rec. I'm just... I forget, but Adam yeah. Scott's the name of the actor. That's the guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Dude, I... So, like, I... Definitely interested in watching that, because that's kind of, like, delving into the realm of, like, Black Mirror-esque things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy how much um, of the movies... Like, even when you look at, like, the way Marvel has gone with, like, so much more, like, multiverse type of plot lines and stuff, mm-hmm. it's very interesting that, like, how much of our media seems to be uh immersed in this idea of having like multiple different realities and like even with like severance like fucking like just having like your job and then like not and just being like a fucking drone at your job and then in your outside life you just completely disconnected where it's like the way the other guy akbar actually you know akbar mm-hmm. he used to live with originally he he lives he owns uh one-eyed mics down in fells point and he, so i see him all the time he'll like walk around and come in when i'm playing at the horse and uh, yeah, the way he was describing it, it seemed to me like it, maybe it was like a metaphor for like how certain people like, you know, they really do feel like they're just a completely different fucking person at their job. And then once they're outside of it, it's like, I don't even know who that guy is Monday through Friday. Yeah. But then Saturday and Sunday, it's just like, you know, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, it's just like I get to actually be me mm-hmm. two days a week. And like, so I looked at it that way, but then I'm looking at it now that you're talking about it. And I'm like, it's so crazy how much of our media is starting to turn towards this these weird like multiple different realities multiple different experiences like being a fucking like just like being a slave to your job and then fucking existing outside of it and like but like getting not having ready, to dude. experience it just like <laughs> huh getting us ready that's what i'm saying yeah i'm not saying that there's a calculated uh like like person behind the scenes being like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start putting out more and more movies that get people accustomed or at least familiar with the idea of, uh, you know, real world, not necessarily being the real life. And like, there's all these other experiences you can have outside of your actual existence and like multiple different universes. And also that like, you know, this idea of just being like, having your job but like just completely checking out and like just doing that and then like not having to think about it or know about it and just like existing in your it's like it's all this like common trend that mm-hmm. i think if if less of a of of a um it's less of a marker that they're trying to push us in that direction and more of a marker that we are going in that direction that more and more people's minds are starting creatively to be like 
this is kind of the future that we're envisaging. I really wonder. I've been waiting all day to use that word, and I fucking ruined it. <laughs> envisaging. Envisaged. Envisaged is a word. Envisaging, I don't believe, is a word. Envisioning. Envisioning. Going for. But envisaged is also a word mm -hmm. that I didn't bother looking up, but I did hear it last night, and I was like, "That's a good word. I hope I can pull that off." <laughs> I blew it. Blew it. Blew it. But yeah, I'll have to check that out, man. Yeah, check that out for sure. Um, because yeah, I want to talk to more people about it because no one's really watched it. Yeah, because it's on fucking Apple TV. It's on Apple TV, so no one fucking saw it. Um, anything else big in your life, dude? Um, not really. Pretty low key weekend. Just you know, rainy season. Not doing much. Just chillaxing. Rainy season. Me and Liz have apparently watched over sixty movies already this year. Wow. Yeah, year of the movies. Apparently, that's a big. That's a humongous stat i know Holy right? shit yeah dude um it is rainy season you are correct i was i was saying to live about that i was like it's weird how like we don't call it rain like when you go to whenever i take a plane and land somewhere they call it a rainy season like it's just normal like rainy season it's like how come we don't call it rainy season here we just call it fucking spring we should call it like, oh yeah, it's Baltimore's rainy season right now. Mm -hmm. It sounds like we're in the fucking rainforest or something. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's Towson's in its rainy season. Um, I guess we don't really have droughts, so yeah. like, I guess every season is rainy season. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it for me too, dude. Um, yeah, fuck it, we've um, done probably like two hours by now. Oh yeah, honestly, uh, you know, plugs. You know, plugs. We got the Das Beer Hall show coming up this week. Yep, finally got them on the old horn. Uh, I posted our banner thing. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, immediate, as soon as I, it was honestly insane. As soon as I clicked post, I got a call from Das. I mean, mm. it was. I mean, I couldn't have counted ten seconds. I yeah. swear to God. I posted it and immediately got a call from an unknown number. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll pick this up because this is the only way that this possibly happened like that. And uh, we talked 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Great conversation. Talked about it. Turns out they already have like a billion fucking specials that night. So perfect. Like all my fucking crazy ideas of like Monster Aid and Miller <laughs> High Life Mimosas and fucking just crazy, ridiculous shit. Turned out that like they were like, okay, well, we already do have Sour Bombs on special, the blue ones. So I was like, all right, well. Can we call them Monster can we, can we just call them LFTS Bombs or Monsters or something or anything? And they were like, yeah, sure, dude. I was like, great. Excellent. Yes. 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 So, you Thank know, they're God. excited for it. We had a nice conversation. That's going to be fucking awesome. That's Thursday, May 19th at Das Beer Hall. We got uh, Matt Brown. Uh, we got Dark Mark. We got Ivan Martin. We got Liz Norman. Liz Danger Norman. We uh, got me. You. We got Jimmy. Did we miss anybody? We got the band. The band. Not actually the band. It's just going to be me because John is going to be in Italy for his wedding and oh, Joe damn. is graduating. So I told him, I, I explained. I was like, dude, I'm just going to like play acoustic up front and then I'll do like a little acoustic set after just like sing along you stuff or maybe break out some originals and just like kind of just whatever. It'll be like... 9 30 at that point yeah. so like it'll be, still be appropriate to have like that thing and then we'll spin it into like regular dj music yeah okay. i would have liked it to be the band so we could have made it go longer but like you know look people get married people's brothers graduate things i'll never understand yeah you know things will never happen to me so uh yeah that's gonna be fucking awesome thursday may 19th the fun kicks off at 8 p.m 
all night. Hell all yeah. Um, anything else for you, plug-wise? Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Cool. Yeah, um, just be there, be square, Thursday the 19th. Yeah. At uh, Das Beer Das Hall. Beer Hall. Das Studio. Um, Live from Das Studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, guys, regular plugs, weekly plugs, every Tuesday at uh, Perennial in Towson. If I happen to have dated your daughter at any point in life, this Come is the on place you're going to want to be. I mean, <laughs> 5 to 8.30, we're out there establishing true friendship. Uh, that's every Tuesday at Perennial in Towson. Every Wednesday night at the horse you came in on in Fells Point, I'm there with Jason Heiser, 9.30 to close. Uh, and uh, this Friday, the day after the Das Beer Hallio event, uh, I will be at the Valley Inn making a, a irregular performance. Uh, I usually play at the Valley Inn every first Friday of the month at the new and improved vastly improved time of 5 to 8, which is fucking awesome, starting uh, in June. But uh, this Friday, May 20th, I will be at the Valley Inn 4 to 7. So if you have a job, you might only catch the tail end of that. But if you don't, that's the place you want to be, baby. Happy hour. Damn, 5.30 to 8. I might have to swing by one of those times because I yeah. literally is, will be on my way home. What, the Valley Inn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 5 to 8, baby. Fucking yeah. That's bro- the one like groovy. off of Falls, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's right on the way Spring home Station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, also, Sunday, May 22nd, I will be at Nacho Mama's in Towson, 1 to 4. And maybe this Saturday, the 21st, depending on the weather, I could be at Ampersee. Or I could not be. I'll let you know in the Instagram story. At Jimmy Seleski on everything. At Eric Glazer on everything. And at LFTS on fucking everything, folks. And we mean everything. And we mean fucking everything, baby. Uh, Till next week. Yeah. Until next week, folks. Wait, I suck lately with these things. <laughs> Fucking shut your ass up. Peace. Yeah, well, who's the bitch? I said, use the bitch. <laughs> Whatever the fucking song is. Yeah, dude. Come on, Kendrick. Peace. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Taking my baby to school, then I pray for Cause you bitches ain't never been cool. Writing testament, painting pictures, put me in the loop. That's a definite universal shift. I'm in the pool. It's a liberty.